0: Welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today, we watched The Godfather Part 2, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Al Pacino, and I guess starring uh, Robert De Niro. That's probably... Definitely starring Robert its, De Niro. Who is it starring? Um, today, I'm joined with two guests because um, it's a special occasion. Um, I'm joined with Isaac. Hello. Hello everyone. And I'm also joined with uh Jisa Greenwood, uh who recorded the commentary with us yesterday. Oh god. Um, Worst
1: commentary of all time. <laughs> so terrible.
0: And um yeah, I mean let's uh re- Isaac says he's forced he is forcing me to to let him shill. So Isaac shill and then we'll we'll get into it.
2: Well, usually we open the show with uh, an opening segment, but because we have Juzo and this movie's long and has a lot to dissect, we decided to just jump into it. If you enjoy the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, throw a couple dollars our way, get access to that commentary track that Juzo just threw under the bus, Ugh. and uh, also have your ability to have your questions read on air. Other benefits, check it out. Give us a rating if you don't have any money, that helps, or tell friends and family, that helps the show grow. We're not going to linger. We're not going to dilly-dally. Literally, this is like within the first three minutes we're getting started. Cameron, do you want to give us intro on the Godfather Part Two? Yeah, so we're well, not what, even
1: gonna do like what we saw this week or whatever. It doesn't matter. We've stopped. We've kind of
2: stopped
0: doing that actually. Oh, you did I, okay. Not not on purpose. It just hasn't. Um, it hasn't been reoccurring. I'll be honest. I haven't watched anything this week,
1: so <laughs> I haven't seen anything that I really like. The Tom Hanks western News of the World. I think you guys really really enjoy that,
2: but. Mm. No. I watched uh, the last half of Flight with Denzel Washington. And Have you seen the first half? <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I watched more Justice League. There's like the ending finale of season one is like the Justice League in World War II, and it just linger. It's it's honestly horrible. The rest of the show is all right. So I'm just cracking into season two on HBO. I'm watching it with my brother. So there we go. We hit it for you. Flight is a great movie. I mean, it is. And also the opening crash
1: scene is probably one of the best things uh, that director... It's the director of Back to the Future. I think it's
2: one of the best things he's ever done. So you should check that out at least. Yeah, no, I enjoyed what I saw in the in the ending half. I think it was pretty powerful. So
1: yeah, good movie. Really good movie. Isaac, have you ever
0: seen Back to the Future? What the heck? Of course. What okay. are you talking about? All right, all
2: right, all right. I'm just
0: checking. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes I say things and you're like, no. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? That's what this show's about, you know. I know, I'm the right? dummy. Yeah, I, don't, exactly. I
2: don't. I don't. I don't watch enough of movies. I guess. But so. Back
0: to the Future is like essential viewing. That's that's. It's you can't be a you can't be a young man without growing up watching Back to the Future. Well, I was what fascinated you, to chicken? hear
1: to hear on the show you, you talking about seeing Harry Potter for the first time because I don't think I've ever encountered someone who's watched the movies. Well, first of all, just seen the movies for the first time in their twenties, but let alone seen the movies and not read the books. Because there's totally stuff where I'm like. Oh, yeah, it would be very strange to see a man turn into a rat before your eyes. Because in the book, there's the context that sets it up. But since I have the book so ingrained in my mind, it's not surprising to me because I'm just like, oh, yeah, he turns into a rat. Of course, you know, anyone would know that. But It's it's almost like nonsensical. And I I think I can't judge those movies objectively because there's just so much stuff I just am able to fill in just from my brain, you know, uh, library of knowledge of Harry Potter. But, yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah, that's it's totally true. I <laughs> having that conversation, I was like, "Well, yeah, they they do talk about that a lot more in the books, don't they?" <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> you're like, yeah. "You're like this, yeah, it doesn't make sense." Uh, what did you? Uh, you didn't finish that, did you, Isaac?
2: So our our like family event of watching them with my sister resulted in us leaving like halfway through four, Terrible and then movie. Austin. <laughs> Uh, my sister's husband watched five without all of us and didn't want to watch it again. And then... <laughs> oh, no. Now we're just on six, and I watched everything up until the last 10 minutes of six, and then what? it was like... <laughs> oh, God. It was 11.30, and I was like, you know what? I got to go. I'm sure that they're going to win or whatever. That's difficult
1: uh, enough without having seen two... Those are two pretty key movies. You oh, know, goodness. I mean, six they're... I really like. I, I enjoy six a Six lot. is very good. Yeah, but... I thought it
2: was fun. I, I mean... Honestly, like, even with all the stuff that I don't understand going on in them, I think the movies are sort of charming and just kind of wacky out there. So I, I didn't, I don't hold it against it. I just, I just find it hilarious, honestly, um, when I'm, <laughs> I'm like, oh, of course, you know, uh, why aren't there, um you know, weird love potions or whatever is happening there? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well... Um, in any case, let's talk about The Godfather Part 2. This is an interesting movie uh, to do because it's like... Uh, I'm going to do it again, Juza. It's like four hours long. And uh, uh, <sighs> it's um, it's a tough one, I would say, to to watch in a lot of ways. Um, this this is a movie... Obviously, it's a sequel to The Godfather Part 1. Um, came out in 1974. Uh, this was the same... Uh, well, he was making it uh, in um, in term with uh, a movie called The Conversation, um, which is a fantastic movie. I actually really, really love that movie. Um, Good movie. And this is one that was – it was one of the first examples of, of sort of a sequel, a straight-up sequel in Hollywood. Um, it was definitely one that um, spawned the – franchise sequel um sort of thing the the theme that that hollywood always likes to do now um this was at the very beginning of sort of hollywood blockbusters um and that's one of the things that i do want to talk about in in this um in in this episode which we didn't really touch on last episode was this is the rise of the of the new hollywood movement um and uh, specifically i mean godfather uh, godfather part one was definitely um it was definitely the kickoff but i think with this movie you saw sort of almost like the budget went crazy the um, the talent went crazy. Everything everything involved is sort of heightened in this movie. And I think that's the the sort of key distinction between the um the sort of you know late sixties, early seventies new Hollywood movement, um where they're still sort of run and gun. Um they're very uh, you know, they're they're very Inspired by the the indie style of the '60s, um, and then now they're like it's n- it's not just the the new Hollywood movement; it's the Hollywood movement. They have infiltrated all the all the uh, film school brats. They've come into Hollywood and they are making movies now. Um, and actually, it's the next year; it's 1975 when Jaws comes out, where that's that's kind of the 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 year that that changes everything. I mean, in my mind, but. And the budgets Um, get
1: bigger and bigger and it grows and grows until in the early 80s there's a series of bombs, including one by Coppola, that basically end the movement and move Hollywood into kind of the modern blockbuster era where things are a lot more safe and kind of, I don't know, marketable, I suppose, than auteur-driven. Yes.
0: Um, Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Coppola obviously is a really important figure in – um, the new Hollywood movement, but I wouldn't say he's, um, I wouldn't say he's the most well renowned, um, of the movement. He's definitely one that has kind of left, um, well, now it is. Well, but, but even, even during the movement, um, you know, he had sort of a, a maybe a 10 year run of, of really spectacular movies. And then after that, he, he kind of, um, he really i wouldn't say he jumped the shark but in some ways he never he never reached the heights again of this movie specifically honestly um even apocalypse now which is in my mind probably his best movie um um i mean one of my favorite movies definitely but um even even apocalypse now was not um n- never to the success of of something like this so um yeah no, it couldn't so, because it was so expensive also. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it was terrible production, just yeah. everything <laughs> everything Exastuous. involved. Yeah. Um which I I would love to go back and and watch that with you. Um Isaac, uh, I do want to do like a deep dive on um uh the new Hollywood um on the film school brats. I think that that's it's kind of an important uh it's a really important era. Um sort of a turning point in um in movie history. So mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Um this movie is huge budget and I noticed that right off the bat because instead of just one big party scene at the <laughs> beginning of the movie there seems to be endless party scenes in this film. Uh, from the opening band playing to, you know, the Havana sequence to um I thought there was one more party that I was just like okay this is getting well, there's just like the too big- much.
0: The big Fourth of July parade. Yeah. Oh, that's um, the other one I was thinking of.
2: Yeah. So there's just massive set pieces, tons of extras, mm-hmm. and even the ambition of tackling two different time periods, right? And the budget that goes behind that, you can tell that they are going for something. Di- it, it 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 doesn't. It's it's interesting because it doesn't feel as intimate as the first movie. But it does feel more linear because it's following like one single character's sort of like trajectory amongst all of it. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how how to explain it, but it's like the first movie, it feels like there are just so many characters that you're trying to keep track of. And this movie, it's like you can, you. there are other characters, you, you acknowledge them, you understand what they're doing, but really it's about Michael and Vito, right? Like that, those are like, those are the two that they really hone in on despite all the massive stuff going around the production and all that. So, um it definitely has a different feel than the first movie. I'm curious Cameron because you gave me some context before saying that you didn't enjoy this movie as much as the first one. What is this your second viewing of part 2?
0: Yeah, it's only my second viewing. Actually, the first time um I <laughs> I was telling on the commentary, I only um I was watching it in illicit means, um, and so I, um, there was no subtitles for the um, for the Italian part. Um, So I, what I did was I I pulled up the script, and this is something that I actually did a lot back then. But I pulled up the script, and I read along with the with the movie. Um, So I I actually I really enjoyed doing that. I'm I might have done I might have liked the movie better (laughs) had I had I done that this time. Um, Well, because it's it. This is a movie where you actually kind of do want to read along with the with what's happening because just simply because there's so much going on and sometimes you you find yourself like you you, you find yourself like wanting to to like go back and be like like you know when you when you read a paragraph and you you go back and you start the the paragraph again cuz you didn't qu- quite get all of it um and you know you you sort of retread that that paragraph that's kind of what what I wanted to do sometimes in this movie um except you know it was a commentary so I couldn't like rewind but if I had been able to to read along with it I think that's that's one way where because it's so dense with um with just it's just a lot there's a lot happening um in the movie and and it's very plot driven i would say um it, it the at at the very least up until the first intermission it's it's almost like hard to follow um, in a lot of ways, it's hard to, to keep track of what's going on. Um, and I think it's also hampered by the fact that it is going back in time. It is kind of jumping between two storylines. Um, I think for me that gets way better in the second half, um, after the intermission. Um, but the, the first half I think, um, is, is kind of, um, taken down a peg because you're, you're, even though you're following Michael and and his his story, you don't, there's no direction necessarily in the first half. Um, there's only a direction after um, he comes back, or at, yeah, I guess he when he goes to Cuba, um, that's and then he realizes uh, he has some revelations um, in Cuba. That that is sort of where the direction starts to starts to pick up, and that's why I think the second half is much better, um, but. You know, I digress.
2: Juzo, I'd like to know your thoughts on the movie because Cameron has a little bit of—I mean, maybe you didn't clarify it. Cameron, did you enjoy it a second time watching it more or less? That's kind of less, less than the first time. Okay. How about you, Juzo? What are your thoughts on Godfather Part Two? And even you can fill us in on your thoughts on Godfather Part One because I'm sure you listened to that episode and had some. Opinions. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah, I have many questions
1: for you, Isaac. We're talking about the Godfather one, but the no, I, I revisited both movies, and the Godfather one. Um, and in some ways, I empathize with your point of view, and some because because the first time I saw it, I think it is hard to follow a lot of these things. It is a lot of you know politics and plotting and different characters to follow, and. So, but once I got a hold of that and I saw it the second and third time, I'm still talking I'm talking about the first movie, it's great. Like that movie to me is just every scene is a home run. Everything about it is great. I saw it with my dad like at night after we had spent a you know a day I didn't get enough sleep. Like I was totally expecting to check out halfway through. And we were just riveted for three hours. Just unbelievably great. And then the second movie. I don't know. I, in some ways, I feel more kind of a a, lo- a sense of respect with that movie than re- enjoyment. The first movie is is a pleasurable experience that I I would just throw that movie on like for fun. But um, well, maybe not like for fun, like Goodfellas or something like that. But but it definitely is enjoyable. But the the, the 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 second movie is 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 um, I don't know. I find it just incredibly languorous and incredibly. Um, Not like Difficult but just it's just Feels very long um, And There are elements in it that Are great there are sequences That are great but there are also parts In it that feel a little bit more menial It feels less connected to character The way it is in the first movie where I think everything is tied to the relationship of Vito and Michael and Michael's um, sort of grand arc he goes through in Godfather 1. In the second movie, there are things that are connected to Michael's arc, but there are, there are also things that just feel like we have it that are just telling the plot or like exposition or that sort of thing where it feels a little bit more, I guess, kind of like busy work, I guess is what I, how I describe it. Um, so... It's it's definitely a good movie. There's no way I could say this is not a good film. Um, you know, it's just too well made, um, too well thought out in terms of the character progression, and ultimately the the tragedy aspect of the movie is is very um, affecting. But it's not to me. Um, it, it it doesn't. It's not even close to the first movie.
2: I would say it's not even in the same ballpark of quality. Yeah, I'm conflicted on my opinions about watching the second film because this is my first time watching both of the movies, right? And we had a conversation about the first movie and talking about how, like, consecutive viewing or, you know, watching it more helps you chew on those characters and fall in love with them when their portrayal is grounded and very real in the first movie, right? And so it takes a little bit of time. They're not. They're not kind of charismatic or over the top, so you can fall into place with who they are. You sort of have to observe it, it, it almost feels like semi docu like a a documentary almost. Like where you're like viewing them and they're not responding in a wild way, and then when they do, you're reminded it's a movie, right? Um so like the second movie and I don't I don't mean to compare it to like these films in a in a negative way but like i think about the original star wars trilogy and then the context that the prequels give right and the prequels are not good films right but it's almost difficult to imagine the world around uh the original trilogy without the context of the prequels now because you're established in it right so watching part two for me was like a furthering establishment of the world around the first movie, right? You're continually reminded of the existence of the first movie, even in the like rewinds with Vito's character. And I was thinking to myself, right? Like Vito's introduction and origin story was something that I wanted to experience in the first movie, even if it would have been out of the way and ruined the pace of the movie because it was like, I can understand where this guy is coming from. You know, like I was like, I can root for this person. You know, he has a sympathetic story. Whereas my first viewing of part one, I was like, I'm not really quite sure why I'm following this person. I'm not really quite sure what I'm experiencing besides what Cameron was describing as like that, that genuine interest of seeing behind the curtain and and the world, the the mob culture, right? Like, kind of being exposed to that. I enjoyed how this movie tried to really hone in, like, with a microscope on Vito and Michael. And that, to me, as I talked about in my first review, like, it felt like it kind of removed those binoculars and I could begin to like feel these characters and, and understand like who they are. And so for that credit, I enjoyed it. Right. The, the, the structure and the way that the plot is driven in this film feels a little bit, um, not, not like disorganized or well-planned, but there was just a lot of stuff because the movie's so long where I was like, why exactly am I, Am I seeing a lot of this? And then considering the pace and editing of the first movie, right? Like, I began to think about how... And, and this this was partly in my conversation with my girlfriend's dad, who who absolutely loves the first movie. He's Italian. He, he Like, that movie is, like, part of his legacy, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he said to me about the first film was, like... He was just saying, like, this movie has so many iconic scenes that stick with you. And he starts going through, like... You know, leave the gun, take the cannoli, right? Or the horse mm-hmm. head scene, right? And he starts, mm-hmm. he starts naming off all these moments in it, and he's like, or, or the moment where the guy gets like shot in the eye at the massage parlor, and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And that sort of pace and iconic stature. Even though I didn't like it, love the first movie. Like I was like, he's right, you know? He's right. The first movie does have that memorable, like hardiness to it and this movie just feels like the peppering all around that i don't i mean like for me the fourth of july sequence was like super awesome in this movie but there's so much of it that feels um extra like i just i didn't need it to be three hours long there i just there were so many characters that i mean uh, for example like um the senator character who is sort of like an early introduced um sort of like like a counterforce to what michael wants to do sort of falls flat and into place with michael's plan and then i'm starting i'm just like well like i don't really understand like his impact as a character i don't really understand like his his um like they're spending a decent amount of time with him for not much return is kind of how I felt mm. about his his structure and I and there were That's many scenes true. Yeah. yeah there there were many scenes in this movie where I was like I feel like some shaving could have happened and it left me with yeah. a confusion at the end whereas the first movie it's like I understood it but I didn't feel it this movie. I didn't understand it, but I felt it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know how, <laughs> Interesting. like, that's like, that's sort of my takeaway. Cause I was like, I, I, I feel like Michael's emotion brewing. I feel Vito's, you know, past and his, his presence as this leading crime figure. But I just, when the end rolled, I'm sitting there trying to chew on like, okay, Michael's talking about, I only murder my enemies, not my friends he doesn't understand the meaning of family anymore. There's that flashback scene of him at the table. I'm like, so he just, I I, I, I like, I'm sure that it's, there's, there's complexity. Cause I was talking to my brother about it. He's like, yo, oh, yeah, that movie is very complex. You can pull it apart. Um, I was like, he just hates family or he just, he wants to destroy everything his dad built. Like, but I like, I kind of like his dad now, you know, like, I mean, cause I just got the backstory. Right. So I'm, I'm a little confused about the analytical, takeaway of this movie well, and
0: yeah well michael he's um he's a difficult character because he goes from being totally outside the the family Um, To by the end of the first one, and this is kind of what we were talking about on the commentary, by the first one, he becomes pulled in. He's sucked into this life. Um, And then because, and at the end, I think you see it again. This this is what the flashback is for. Um, He gets pushed out because he was always an outsider. Um, He was always someone who was not involved in the family. He didn't understand the way that that things work. And so now that he's become fully wrapped in it, his mind has been sort of not not just corrupted, but he's become twisted in a way that um, he doesn't understand his family, and his family doesn't understand him. Um, there's there's a there's a complete severance between um, between these these two groups of people, um, and I think that's that's what the second movie does really brilliantly in my mind is it goes from Michael as a sort of protector leader you know someone who's who's the head of the household um, to being um betrayed on all sides uh being completely Alienated from everybody else in his family, um, and then remind being reminded at the end that he was always the outsider. Um, he was never the one who was supposed to lead. He was never the one who was supposed to be take a, take up the mantle. He was always supposed to be, you know, as as uh, Sonny said, his dad had high hopes for him. You know. And and that's that's what the impact of that last scene is, and and what it's what it's sort of trying to 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 establish in your mind is that he's not he's not the man
2: for the job. Um, yeah, I just I felt like it was hard for me to pull that away and make sense what you're saying. Like I understand it because you're, I like it sounds. It's just you've interpreted it. It makes sense. Um, it just I didn't. I didn't get there with it. And maybe it's one of those movies you got to watch more. I I agree with everything you're saying. Like that, that makes sense. I just, I was left really grasping that or really like trying to get there. I'm like, I don't understand it. Like I wish I could understand it. And I don't know if it's just because it's my first time watching it or if it's the fault of the movie or something like that. So I'm, I'm not in, I'm not entirely sure. Juzo, what do you what do you think? Well, the
1: meaning of it I mean, it definitely putting the them side by side. I mean, seeing the contrast between the two of them is a big part of the first movie, but putting them in these sort of parallel structure really kind of like fully hits home Coppola's ideas about one person entering a life of crime out of, you know, survival providing for his family and in many ways out of compassion compassion for his family and also compassion for his community you know him him because part of his you know taking out that guy you know the uh, fanucci when his gun catches fire is uh, you know to free the neighborhood from this guy who's just you know treating everyone horribly and then michael of course is is doing all this you know to serve his own ego and to serve just his sense of of control, And even at the end, Hagen is kind of like, do you really need to kill everyone? And he's like, well, yeah, I do. I have to kill all my enemies. It's just what I do. And, you know, and so it's he's completely devoid of any, you know, he, he has nothing. He doesn't care about anything. And it's like, you know, there's definitely um, I, I think my dad wrote this actually in his he wrote. The movie has been talked about in comparison to the idea of the American dream a lot. I know my dad, when he was in college, he wrote an essay about this. And it was, you know, about how, you know, it, it starts as something that's idealistic and aspirational and romantic, and it becomes just, you know, running your family like a business and and just sort of like calcified into something really cold and unfeeling and and cruel in many ways. Um So that's, I mean, that's what I get. You know, there's definitely a lot lot to get out of the movie in that regard. Um, My complaints about it are more sort of gut
2: level, I suppose, than uh, intellectual. Well, I'd like to hear some of those because I'm having a hard time because I spent a decent amount of time trying to think about like how I felt about this movie. And I'm very unsure. I'll just say it outright. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure how I, <laughs> how I feel about this film yet. So I'm curious to hear what the experts have to say about it. Like, Juzo, what are some of those nitpicks that turn it off compared to the first for you? you know, it's it's tough because there's not there are not really scenes that are
1: bad. There's not really anything in it that's that's like horrible. It's just. There are just parts of it where, I like, oh, another scene in the courtroom, another, you know, Hyman Roth going on about whatever nonsense he's talking about, and I don't know. I'm just, I'm just bored watching it, and it's just not. And it, to me, and it's as I said earlier, it's it's devolving away from from Michael's character, and whenever it, it goes back to Michael and his wife, or Michael and Fredo, that to me is where it it gets. Oh, I, I become uh, compelled again, and I think that's yeah. why the stuff with with De Niro and Vito works so well because that you're seeing in every scene you're, it's revealing something about his character and, and about his, uh, journey from immigrant to mobster basically. Um, and you know, and also those scenes I just think are just really well done. Like I think just De Niro is, uh, I mean it's not it's not that Pacino isn't Pacino's fantastic in the movie but De Niro is just so compelling and so kind of vivid watching him and and um and those scenes just look great they they just have like a beautiful I I just love the kind of nostalgic look of the uh early turn of the century stuff in uh Little Italy New York it's just it's just beautiful and I think you said earlier the whole 4th of July assassination sequence is is I think by far the best set piece of the movie i mean i i do love the scene between uh michael and his wife at the end that's a, another great scene but as a set piece that whole thing of killing fanucci is just amazing yeah
0: yeah i mean in my mind the problem with the movie comes down to specifically like it 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 feels like it needs to be shaved down it feels like it needs a little bit of um maybe just clarity i guess maybe like maybe cut cut out sh- some of the things i i was i was thinking about it when you were talking cuz you know there's there's obviously the w- the the famous george lucas quote is that there's is two movies and one of them doesn't work um and uh which i don't i don't think is very true but um th- my i literally think this there's no world outside of 1974 where um where these wouldn't have been like a sequel and a prequel. <laughs> like there's no world, um, you know, 20 years later, 10 years later, it doesn't matter. This would have been um, a sequel and, and a prequel. Um, and But then I was thinking about it and how much less I wanted to see that um, because like I don't want more of... <laughs> Of those scenes, like I don't want more expansion into the narrative. um I don't know if you would need to, but I'm sure with the veto stuff i'm i like that's like uh, maybe a third of the movie
1: um and like I probably you would, could have watched the whole movie of the veto stuff, but
0: yeah, I, I mean, know. yeah, I could see the, the some expansion there, but the w- but with Michael, it's just like it's it's pretty laborious, especially I think the first hour um is just not good. Not that it's not good, but it's just it just never captures my interest in the same way that the first one does, Um, you know, and and I think in a lot of ways it's trying to sort of recapture the same feeling of the first one um, and and not really pulling it off um, in a lot of ways. I I don't know. It's I think it's almost like um, what I what I say is the Tarantino syndrome where it's trying to imitate its its past self, um, which is weird because it's only like two years later so you'd think it wouldn't need to imitate itself it would just be itself um but but in in my mind like the first hour of the movie is really trying to um evoke the essence of of the godfather part one it's trying to remind you that this is a sequel to that movie um you know with the with with the you know see michael is dealing with you know the the people in the in, in the dark room and there's the party going on outside and there's you know and it's like it's like retreading some of this ground that almost doesn't really need to be retread um it, it's i don't want to say like it's a parody of its of of the first one but in some ways it kind of feels like that it feels like there's um there's like a little bit of imposter syndrome going on um and yeah i mean i don't i don't know it's it gets it
2: gets much better during the later half i think it's super interesting that they chose to do this like compare and contrast of young vito and like mid crime life michael whereas i i could have seen it almost be a compare and contrast directly with the first movie in the way that his father ran the business in like, does that kind of make sense where it was like it would show that dark room run by Vito and then the dark room run by Michael and to to further like just enhance that difference of leadership, the comparison between young Vito and like older Michael is it, it feels like they're almost on two separate journeys where I wish they almost would have like paralleled the journeys m- in a way that was more black and white for a dumb audience member like me. And I know maybe most people wouldn't want that, but I was like, I kind of was starting to appreciate how like Vita's motivation was in that familiar, like, or like in a, like a family oriented protection, almost like vigilante sort of like approach. Right. And then Michael would have just been fully like selfish but instead, like Vito's ab- it feels like Vito's abandoned in the last half of the movie, and Michael is just being unlikable. If I'm being honest, like he's, I just don't. I don't. I, don't know. I think it's fair to say he's unlikable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. He's just he's. Yeah. I like. I w- I would have liked some contrast, almost to commentate on Michael's, um bad behavior and almost like shame it in a way but it doesn't really do that i i don't know like i don't know what michael's revelation really evokes in him because he's so sterile in his reaction you know he's just got sort of like okay my brother's dead and now i, I i'm remembering this and i'm an outsider I'm like what are you like a middle school like a goth middle schooler you know like yeah it's just like Come on man like I wish I wish that there was some sort of um like I know this is crazy but what if there was a 4th of July scene with Vito and then a an opposite scene of Michael like like the the other side of the coin I I wish it was like more direct in that way because I I had a hard time I had a hard time like embracing the back to like the, the, the rewind in time when it felt so disconnected from what Michael was, even though I know they were trying to show that those differences that we're talking about, like I, I wish they felt more connected so that it would lead to a greater impact at the end, right? I think I think there's an inevitable I- I- contrast that you can't
1: avoid just because their situations are so different. Because you can't, there's not going to be a scene where Michael stalks and kills someone because Michael's the head of a crime family and Vito is just like a, you know, he's just a guy at that point. But I think I think Coppola makes the point pretty clear by having showing the reasoning behind the hits that. Michael puts out on people as opposed to those, the ones that you see Vito doing. Vito kills a guy who's harassing the neighborhood and har- threatening his family and being just a real jerk. And then he kills a guy who killed his mother, you know? And then Michael, by contrast, even though it's not a, like a one-to-one contrast, but you are seeing like he's killing people. First of all, he's killing his own brother. And he's killing out of paranoia and out of selfishness and out of greed. So, I, I you know, you, there are you are seeing those parallels and also another thing you're seeing, or in some ways, maybe it's like you're seeing a contrast by its presence, the, the presence of his love of Vito's love of his family in that section of the movie and the way he cares for them and spends time with them and seems affectionate. And then the Michael who doesn't spend any time with his family and doesn't really, you know, and the way he treats his wife is terrible. And the way he treats his kids is, you know, basically completely absent um so even though it's not a it's not a direct you know it's not them both killing a guy on the fourth of july it's it's you do see the contrast i think still
2: yeah yeah no i can i guess it was my dumb movie popcorn brain that i was like i just wish it was laid out in a way that didn't I, make me grasp well for i it, understand because
1: you know? there's so much to process in the movie that yeah. you're just like oh god you know
0: Well, I do think I do think it's a little bit strange because um, there's there's way more time you spend with Michael than you than you get with Vito. Um, And that that almost makes you feel in sort of the pacing and the structure of the movie. It almost makes you feel like um, one is one story is more important or one story is more like heavily leaned on. um, And and the second story is more of like an afterthought. Um, And and I but I don't think that's true even necessarily. Like I think I think. Vito's story maybe is more enjoyable, for sure, um, because it's, you know, it's a single so, sort of a single operation that you can you can understand that you can get behind his motivations. And at the end, it's very satisfying. You know, he has that full circle in the same way that uh, that I think the first one ends in a very satisfying way. Um, there's a there's like a full circle. Um, a full circle-ness to to Vito's story. Um, But it also comes uh, like um, you know, at like the 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 like r- the falling action of or no ad- ad, like the rising action of of Michael's story like like the the the, f- the finale of Vito's story comes like way before anything important happens in in Michael's story i mean it, important things are happening but it's like it's not the it's not the cli- uh, the climax it's not it's not anything you know in, in in sort of in that way so i i i do think it's it's fair for someone to say like well you know like i didn't feel like there was there's was that much of a com- comparison because in some ways like just the structure of the movie lends itself to not be um as compared i guess
2: yeah and i felt like there were so many different set pieces and locations that they were jumping between in michael's story for like everything in tahoe was super cool like i was like i really Beautiful. enjoy this aesthetic it's 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 different it feels fresh and then they're he's talking about going to Florida which I can't even tell you if there's a scene in Florida. I can't tell if they're in Florida or Havana like I and I know that's weird but I they talk about Florida so much and then all of a sudden he's in Havana right and I'm like wait what is and then there's oh the Cuban Revolution is happening I'm like what the heck why is all this stuff in here? And I then, think um
0: I think Roth lives in Florida right? yes I think so yes that scene in the house is is technically in florida but you don't get like it it doesn't really matter i don't need i don't need it like shots of palm trees card, and, yeah. and like yeah like miami beach or something
2: i i but they spend so much time showing context of dumb parties and context of it's like true. other it's things true. yeah and then all of a sudden oh now we're in a court hearing i'm like what where did this come from you know like i didn't understand like that that came out of nowhere oh it's now we're gonna explain it like five minutes later when the guy who got strangled didn't die and uh now we're having these court hearings i'm like okay like i just i i'm i'm lost with understanding w- w- i guess sort of the a- i'm maybe they're just trying to say that like michael has adversaries like everywhere and that's why he's so like paranoid because um, there's just so many wars he's fighting on different fronts or something. But I wanted there to be kind of a counter, like a, like a villain to what Michael's doing. But I, I don't know. I just, I found it difficult to follow who he was fighting and maybe that was the point. I don't know. Is that the point? It was like, I was like, who Oof. is he? I don't know. You know, I, <laughs> It was. No, um, I'm.
1: I'm with you with the frustration about some of these things because I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've listened to the commentary recording yet, but I. I was like borderline falling asleep at a certain point <laughs> in this movie where I'm just like, all right, whatever, you know. Get to the I, I, Fredo stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I think. I think the like. That's why I say it's like kind of. I would I would rather read this movie than watch it in a lot of ways because I think I think as a as sort of a novel or as a book and maybe this is just because Mario Puzo is a is not a screenwriter he's he's a novelist but um, in a lot of ways you could you see how well strung those those pictures you know those those like pieces of the puzzle are drawn you know like it's it's so. It's so intricately laid out and everything connects to each other. You know, the um, R- Roth connects to the guy who, who, you know, was almost strangled, who connects to, you know, the brother character who they fly in, who connects, you know, and, it, and everybody connects and Fredo is, is, in the middle of things. And, um and there's like, and then by the end it, it does the same thing like it does in the first one where, where everything is sort of goes in in the right direction for michael um in in one fell swoop but in in some ways that that is is much more difficult to do in a movie than it is to do in in something like a book um because the i think i think part of it is the repetition of reading something right you know you read a name many times and then you you get that that in your brain um and when you watch it you know all these names they sound the same and you're like you're like i don't know like sometimes you 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 forget like who who is who what is going on like where what are their motivations what are they doing um and and i i think i understand what you mean isaac where it's like it's like yeah sometimes you're like well i don't know i don't know, like. I don't know who Michael is fighting or going after, and I mean, I kind of know why, because everybody's trying to kill him, but why are they trying to kill him? Like, what's what's the deal with that? Well, I'm also
1: just very confused a lot about who, like, how does Michael know these things, or how he, he's doing all these sort of gambits with Roth, and was the guy's name Pent, Pent and Jelly, or something like that? Like, I gotta understand how... He's figured that out. Or even some of the Fredo stuff, I'm not really sure. Yeah,
2: and then he has all those meetings, right? He's meeting with Fredo. He's meeting with bald, drunk Italian guy that I don't remember the name of. And he's meeting with um, the Florida dude. And he all tells them different things. And I'm like, is he investigating or does he know? Like, that's what I couldn't figure out. I was like, does he know or is he investigating? Like, I just... And then there's like that great scene where, um, like, the, Michael does have that realization, right? Later in Havana, where um, Fredo is talking drunk out loud, and he says he knows that guy, right? Um, and that's a great scene. Like, I, I thought that Wonderful. scene was was Amazing. awesome. Um, yeah. But I was just like, so he did. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it just it made all the other meetings. Conf- I was just confused. So I was like, oh, he was investigating, but I don't know how he. And then I couldn't tell, like, did he try to put the hit on the bald guy? Or was it someone else that was trying to kill the bald guy who went to the FBI?
1: No, he... Uh, the, the, Where they were they tried to strangle him in the bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I was think the that Rosado was brothers. Or Roth. Yeah. Who worked for the... Who or Michael. No, the <laughs> Roth... No, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't Michael.
0: The Rosado brothers worked for Roth but I think Roth was trying to put the hit on him so that there was like he was sowing division but I don't really understand that's what I mean is like I don't know why like what the what the sort of rivalry is but that's why I think that's what I mean is the last half of the movie is so much better because it doesn't whatever whatever you watched up to that point it doesn't really matter what you know is that he's gonna kill all these people (laughs) and like michael in in some ways he turns into and this is what i was saying on the commentary he turns into um a like a horror movie villain like he turns into like um like a ghost or like a you know like a like Um, like Freddy, you know, like he's, he's someone who is, who climbs out of the shadows to, to kill people. Um, And, and in the first movie, it's more like he's the organizer. Um, But in this movie, it just feels like he's, he's, he's there. He's there. He's, he's the one I think the first movie it it was it was a calculated hit in all, in all of these situations. In this one, he's this is revenge. Um which is what makes it it almost scarier than than the first one. Um it it's this is
2: this is going for blood. Um I don't know. I just it doesn't feel as good as the revenge that Vito gets in Italy, right? And yeah. that's why I almost and, and then the reason I I brought up like comparing contrasting for a dummy viewer like myself, right, is I would have thought that instead of flashbacking to the scene where Michael's left at the table, which I do think is a good flashback. I think it adds a lot to where Michael is and what he's feeling. But I was like, I would have rather had like very fast cuts between um Fredo getting shot in the boat and Michael watching from the house. And then Vito like stabbing the guy who killed his parents, you know. Like, what if that was just like interspliced? That interaction like would have elevated so much of like the diff, like the hard difference between who Vito is, like why he's killing, and and where his motivation is, and how Michael is just like bloodthirsty. He's not even doing it; he's just watching it, you know. Like, it's like that would have been like way more impactful. And almost, ju- like, again, you were saying, Cameron, like, it justifies the entire, that would have justified the entire time spent with Vito and the background, like, it would be both of them crescendo at the same time. Like, that's that was what was so frustrating for me. I was like, I wanted to feel that crescendo for both of the stories in a similar place so that I could understand why I was watching both of them. Even though, you're right, Juzo, like, you can compare them, um, but... I agree about the pacing.
1: I agree that it's the, the 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 um the sort of whiplash of of the pacing between the two sections is 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 not fantastic. I I think if you were to cross cut them the way you're talking about, it might seem a little like almost too too on the nose or too. I th- I think it would almost seem moralistic or sort of like he was, Coppola was like really trying to like make like shame Michael almost in a way that I think would be a little bit too. Obvious, but um, I don't know. It, it would be kind of interesting, I suppose. Um, but it de- you definitely do get the contrast in, in the in the movie as it is, because yeah, if Michael. I mean, the, I don't think Fredo even really knew he was he was complicit in the hit on Michael, right? Like he he seemed when the guy called him on the phone, he seemed genuinely shocked, and he and he seemed sincere that he wasn't he didn't know they were gonna kill Michael. So, you know, Michael is really just killing him because he's paranoid and because he's, you know, just so, you know, obsessed with control over people.
0: Well, and also he 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 felt betrayed. I mean, I think I think that's the biggest motivation. He just felt betrayed by Fredo um, and nothing nothing that Fredo could have done to say I didn't know I didn't mean to do it. It was almost like um, th- like that that moment. You know, that that final meeting in the chair, um, the the famous chair with Freda, um, which I love. I just love that sequence. It's it's incredible. That's
1: that's
0: that's the third great scene in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. the you know that sequence he says he says i didn't know michael they approached me um and and michael says something like um like and you believed them and that's the only thing he says um to fredo he says he says you believed that story and then he goes on um to sort of deflect in the, in the rest of the conversation um and so like it's almost the it's it's all, he's betrayed not even just by the action but by the the stupidity and the disloyalty of Fredo. Um, He's betrayed by, by everything that, that, that Fredo has done, whether purposeful um, has led to the position that, that Michael's in. And, and so he's almost, he's almost blaming. I think he blames Fredo as well for the, um, for the, probably for the breakup of his, of his family. Um, and I think, I think that's kind of the, um, I don't know. I I think that's, that's in a lot of ways, that's the, the, the thrust of the rest of the movie, um, is, is everything his, his entire motivation from then on out is, is, you know, don't kill Fredo while my mother's alive, but that's, he's, he's gone, you know, he's, he's he's a liability to me um but i i think w- what's what's really fascinating about that last dinner sequence and i actually really agree with you juzo is um uh i think if they just ended on on michael um sitting at the table that that would have been like perfect it oh I, awesome. agree.
2: I agree with that yeah that would have been way cooler
0: um but the um the last scene, that that last scene, the only person who's standing up for him in that scene is Fredo, and this is a memory. This is Michael's memory. He knows, like he he, it's almost like a sadness that this is this is how things had to be, or that like a um, a somberness that that, Fre- like he's disappointed in Fredo almost. <laughs> um, I I feel like it's it's very it's ver- that uh, that final scene has like so much density packed but i don't into. know
1: if he's disappointed he's more, more regretful of his own actions than disappointed. i mean i think i don't know how much he is even able to feel anything at that point but to, to me it strikes me more that he's mistaken because as as much as fredo screwed up i i think there's definitely a case to be made that he's he, what he did wasn't as terrible as i it wasn't deserving of the punishment he got i guess um i don't know maybe i'm just inherently sympathetic cuz i like kazal i think he's wonderful but
0: um but, but in the first movie i mean you see the relationship brewing in in the first movie which is why I think oh, yeah. it's it's really impactful in this. Way. I
2: I don't know. Like when Fredo showed up in this movie, I'm like, who's that again? Like I just I don't <laughs> even remember him from the first movie. Well, besides well, him being like involved at the casino and and speaking out against Michael, that's the only scene I really yeah. remember with him. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but that's no, that's that's what I mean. Is like that's that's the relationship of of Michael and Fredo being. Um, he's he's the he's the weak one who is prone to betray his family on accident. Um and that that's that's set up in the first movie. I, I, I which is like so brilliant. Yeah. Um is that that comes full circle in this one. Um and like that is his character. He's he's the one who's who's prone to sell out his family on accident. Um and and I, I think Michael sees that just like right off the bat. He, he knows. He knows that's Fredo's character. And even he gives him so many chances too. Like, like Michael, you know the the sequence in in Havana where you know he he says you're still my brother. Like, come in the car. Um, you know, I said jokingly like Fredo made the right move to not go in the car. But yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but but in some way, I think I think Michael was genuine in that. Um, in that moment, like, I don't think I don't think Michael wanted any ill will on on Freda. I think he knew he knew what happened in, in some ways, but I, I think he was willing to give him um, another chance um, until he realized how dumb Fredo is. <laughs> um, but. I don't know. Yeah,
2: I just. One of the frustrating things about Michael's character is that he never seems to acknowledge any failure in himself. And I know that's probably by design, but it makes him just almost unbearable for me to, like, r- want to watch, you know? Like, I'm like, you're just not very, like... I just find it difficult to even find sympathy because I, I maybe, like, maybe it's just me. This is probably a subjective issue, but if I'm watching, like... Um, films about like these, you know, evil criminals or something like that, right? I really love like the whole conversation around morality and like e- even like self morality, and it doesn't even seem like I just—it's like Michael just isn't even aware of morality at all, you know. And I, it—it it seems unhuman you know like that that's what's so frustrating about it for me with him it, and his character in this film like at least in the first one you kind of feel like he doesn't like the life and he's pulled into it to become that monster right um and there was but now that's just there's not, there's nothing there there's, <laughs> there's nothing at all and i'm like okay okay like i just i would rather watch veto that's really much how i felt about the whole thing and it of course like like you were saying like denaro is just he's awesome i was excited i didn't i had no idea he was in this movie so when i saw him i was like no way like this is so exciting you know and he didn't disappoint i was like maybe i'm just being biased because you know i, li- I liked him in in you know good and um the irishman and stuff but i was just like Nope, he's just lightning. He's awesome. I, and, I, I can't. and Taxi
0: Driver. I think actually Taxi Driver is the most like one to one. Maybe not one to one, but it's it's a similar role and a similar performance. I would say um, uh-huh. to yeah. this. Um, he. I think we were talking about about how Pacino goes in a completely different different uh, direction with his career, and I think De Niro does too a, a little bit. I I I think. I don't know. De Niro has had phases of of his his acting career. In my mind, <laughs> meet um, the parents or whatever.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, he started to get into
0: comic, comedy yeah. in the last, which is not is terrible. I mean, it's he doesn't work because like, he's not a comedic actor. I don't think.
1: I think it's like he realized how funny he was in the score because in the Scorsese movies he's hilarious. Like he's amazingly funny, and then he's like, oh, I guess I should be a comedian now. But his actual comedies are just. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen most of them. But
0: you know it's a great De Niro role. Just a, a just a killer De Niro role. Cape Fear. Woo. Yeah, Woo! yeah. Yeah. That's that, great. He plays just the most awful human being in the universe. It's,
1: it's amazing. It's a really terrifying villain. It was basically yeah. Sc- Scorsese's follow-up to Goodfellas and it's just a pure thriller. It's awesome. It's, it's really It's a pretty good. great movie. Um that's interesting what you uh, going back at a few things though what you're saying about Pacino and about Michael being unsympathetic because yeah it's it is true that he's not um he is he's, he's just he is a very cold character I mean I I think in some ways though I I like that about these movies that they are so uncompromising. They don't bring you into his head and they're not trying to make you like him. And it's not like Henry Hill making all these kind of excuses for himself. It's just, you're Mm. seeing the world from his point of view. You're not, you're not seeing the victims. You're just seeing, um, what it's like to live in this sort of life and to slowly cut yourself off from every kind of emotion and love in your life. Um, it, it, it does make it for a, a sort of a cool experience and, and it does make it, I think part of the reason why these are not movies, even the first movie that I would return to for just like, Oh, have fun on a Friday night with the boys type of thing, you know? But, um but I think it, in terms of what Coppola is saying about, you know, living in this way, it it's effective nonetheless.
0: Yeah. And I, I actually think, This is something that Coppola does really, uh, really effectively is he takes people who um, who maybe are not as normal as you, you know, not uh, people you can't really relate to necessarily. And like he doesn't have usually he doesn't have the everyman character, but he then pushes it pushes it pushes it like way past its breaking point um and i think this this movie is like this is you know the 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 first godfather is michael getting up to his breaking point this movie is him just being pushed way further um and and way down into into sort of the depths of his of his psyche um, and i think a, a movie like apocalypse now is is very similar um where it, it's a movie about um, the journey from, um, from being sort of a strung out, um, you know, do as you're told soldier to, um, to, you know, just basically, you know, a monster and seeing so many horrifying things along the way that it, it, it you know, it changes your, um, your world. It changes your, your relationship to, to the real world, um, And I, I think in, in, in a lot of ways, um, it's, it's much more human than, uh, a filmmaker like Coppola or sorry, uh, like Kubrick. Um, I think, I think Kubrick has, um, one of the reasons why he is interesting is he's got like the, the worldview of an alien, um, he's he's someone who who is so distant from from humanity that he's viewing it through through like a completely different lens um and wh- why that's i mean i find it fascinating but i i f- it's alienating for a lot of people i would say um but these movies i think are much more um human they they feel like real people they feel like real stories um and I, even as as much as they're um you know completely unsympathetic or or completely devoid of of morality um they they still feel like you got you got from from where he was to where he is now um and and I I love that about about it like the first and second movie as a package I think is really where the arc of Michael's character works so well um it goes from You know, him being uh, an honorable person to being the, you know, the revenge killer destroyer of worlds, you know, this this sort of horrifying person
2: by the end. Um, I, I don't know. I think my 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 hang up with Michael is that the rest of the world is grounded. The rest of the world feels so human, you know, and to see him in this second movie almost break away from that maybe that's the design around him but i don't feel like he does feel kind of alien to me and i i I don't know i just everybody else seems to have such humanity in this movie and that's maybe why some people would say like oh he's great because of that but it feels i mean you just compared him to a horror slasher you know like almost like a (laughs) mythical creature you know like
0: i'm like well that's what he turns into by the end but that's but that's why i think the the important thing is to get to get from part one to part two um like that's that's where the big arc comes from um it's from from being you know a man who just you just came from the army who just you know is is having a he's got this this nice young girlfriend who's a school teacher uh you know to to being the the slasher villain like that's I don't know. I think that's, I think that's a cool transition of a character. It's, you know, in some ways, it's not
1: unlike things like breaking bad. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it turns, it turns someone who is, who is perfectly reasonable, perfectly honorable, uh, but feels like he has a duty to his family or a duty to his, um, you know, to, to this, to this side of him, um, to, you know, someone who's, who's completely paranoid, um, destroying the relationships with his family destroying everything that that his dad sort of built up um you know destroying those relationships um and then reflecting on on sort of how he got here from from the path that he was on like i think i think that's really neat i think that's that's like such a cool um storyline and in my mind i i don't know i i I don't want to say I'm conflicted about the movie cuz I I do really enjoy it. I did really I enjoyed watching it this time um a lot. Um but I th- I think if you can sort of get past the hang-ups of um the fact that it is really long, the fact that you're not really going to follow a lot um in in the first hour, hour and a half, um the fact that it's a little bit alienating um and hard to, to to get involved with in some ways. Um there's a lot of special moments in this. There's a lot of special uh, it's it's packed with um not just things to to learn and things to reflect on, but but it's packed with like so much um character and uh it, it really it does feel like um, like a Shakespearean tragedy or like a novel. It, it feels in a way like, like you're, you are getting the, like way more bang for your buck than, than you should be in like a three hour movie. You know, like it, it feels like you're, you're, uh, everything is dense enough to be pulled out. Um, and, and I think that's, I think that's where the movie really succeeds in my mind is I'm still thinking about those things, still thinking about those relationships, um, thinking about Michael, thinking about the comparison between him and Vito, thinking about the arc of Michael's whole character in, you know, in the long term. Like, I, I don't know. I think that's it's honestly really impressive at how much is packed into so little, I guess.
2: Yeah, we've been spending a lot of time being fairly critical or or really dissecting the second movie. I think I want to close our thoughts on The Godfather part one and two like sort of in a package, because the last episode, Cameron and I didn't give it a rating. We didn't even go over the shot of the film, and I think this movie ricochets a lot off the first one. Um, I want to have a conversation back to the origin of like, what this show is about for the casual viewer. Cameron, you mentioned in your first, uh, in the first film's review that this is like an active watching experience, right? Um, I have a ton of difficulty, like feeling like I can recommend these movies. Uh, I just, they feel like just extremely difficult for me and i don't i can't even really fully i've tried to explain within these last like what if you can include the two episodes like about two and a half hours of conversation like why i'm feeling this disconnect with them and i like there's so much i i enjoy about them too i hope i'm not being too down on them i mean one of the scenes I couldn't stop thinking about was like how Vito kept like buying fruit as a young guy and how that just calls back to like the first one. I'm like, not the fruit. You know, that's Mm -hmm. such a sad Mm -hmm. scene, you know, in the first one. Um, But I just... From like a modern ADHD person watching movies, I... This feels like a homework assignment, you know? This feels like... A book you could say that right like it feels like reading the grapes of wrath and sitting there and and pulling out all the good stuff but it takes a lot of time to chew on and a lot of people hate the grapes of wrath you know what i mean so like it's it's difficult for me as a casual to be like go watch this movie but what's weird to me is that so many people have told me that about this franchise and I'm shocked by that. You know, like I'm I'm shocked that so many people have an admiration for something that seems hardcore to me. It's,
1: it, it, that's actually interesting because a lot of the movies, if you look at the top IMDb, like the audience favorite movies, are movies that are very, to me, very accessible and very fun on a gut level. Yeah. And even the first Godfather to me seems like the sort of movie where – You'd get a lot of people, the way when the Irishman came out, there are many people who loved it, but there are a lot of people who said, eh, this is kind of boring. I don't know. It's not super great. And. Uh, what? You gotta be quiet. Um, <laughs> sorry. Cause just walked in the room um, can cut that part out. Um. With, with the – but I, especially The Godfather 2, I'm just like sort of shocked that people rate this as highly mm. And I, because I can just feel like most people – I think a lot of people maybe just think they're supposed to like it. You know, like there's a lot of movies where you – you know, as we talked about before, you feel cool liking a certain thing. These movies feel like really intellectual and um, so, so that you feel like, oh, I guess it's good but it does surprise me that so many people like it so much.
0: Yeah, I, I I don't know. I would say like in terms of of accessibility, it really isn't a very accessible movie at all. Um
1: a second one in particular.
0: Yeah, um I I even the first one I can I can understand why someone would have it would would it would be challenging for someone. This one I think feels like a step beyond that um in a lot of ways. Um it, you know, it's like there's, there's, it's almost like too much packed in. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I kind of feel like I, I, I was contemplating what you were saying yesterday, Juzo, about it. Would this be better if it was sort of like a mini series, um, or broken up into that way? Um, I don't know if it would be better, but I, I definitely could see approaching it like that. Um in the same way that like Lord of the Rings I think is much more approachable in if you break it up um into into you know smaller bits and and in some ways like it it works well uh, even even doing that. You know, there's there's definitely breaks and things that you could do. Um this movie I'm not sure if you could break it up as easily because everything is everything pulls together a, a lot like even even stuff from the first movie like you have to you have to kind of be paying attention to if you're going to catch things in the second movie or if you know things things get brought back like like the scene with roth i i remember really being a little bit revelatory where he he talks about how um you know th- that that man was uh what's his was mo green
2: and uh and he was like, yeah, really upset yeah, yeah. about mo green um which that's I, a good that's a great scene too where he's talking about like I never asked who put out the hit. You know, I never asked. Like, that's like, I don't know. That was, that was a pr- like, there's all these small character, like interactions in this movie that are ex- like complex and awesome, but you just have to get through all these weird other moments that it's very like up and down. I I'm, I'm, mean, mm. it, it's, it's disorienting. I think that's why I was having a hard time coming up with an opinion on, on this one um yeah but i but i'm I'm trying to make clear sorry i didn't mean to cut you off cameron
0: no no it's okay but i mean my point with all that is that i i'm i don't think this is a very accessible movie but i think it's worth the i think it's worth the exercise in a lot of ways in Mm. in the same way Mm. that like your english teacher will will give you shakespeare and be like all right well you're not gonna have fun but um you know let's let's dissect this let's let's take this apart because Cause in some ways there's, there's a lot of value in that. Um, there's, there's a lot of value. I think this is for someone who wants to level up their, their film watching game in a lot of ways, who wants to, 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 to exercise that part of their brain, um, I I think this is a this is a great place to even start. I mean, if you're if you're someone who who wants to sort of get deeper into the the thinking about film, thinking about character, thinking about storytelling, um, these movies are are really um, really an amazing place to do that because there's so much packed into um, such a a, a a tiny package. There's it's just like everything everything plays off each other and everything feels, um, you know, like there's, there's so much to think about with all these characters. There's so much to talk about with all these characters. It feels like this, this episode felt more like a book club than like a, (laughs) a movie reviewing podcast, you know? Um, because there's, there's, it just feels like, um, it, it feels like there's, there's so much to discuss in a lot of ways in the same way that a, that a book there's, there's so much to discuss. So
2: yes, I think my, my criticism around this is that like Juzo's right. Like there's on the IMD top 100. Right. And there, I know a lot of people who are casually into film that would be like, I'm going to go down that list. And I could see this movie completely destroying them. If I'm being <laughs> honest, like I could see people watching this and be like, What am I, like, wow. Maybe maybe this whole, like, top 100 thing is not for me. And there's so many movies that I've seen in that top 100 that I'm like, no, it's worth it. Like, I was one of those people. Don't let this movie end that for you, you know? I agree with you, Cameron. I think this is a movie to upgrade your um, analytical hat, per se. I just don't know a lot of people who are able to do that or willing to do that. And, um, you're in that world. You're passionate about that world. I'm trying to come along for that journey. It's this one, this one's tough. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there, but it's tough. I'm trying, I'm trying hard to be fair to, to the movie. Um, I don't think I want to watch these movies again for a long time and maybe coming back to them would be, uh, positive, i will I say think when you watch the first one again you'll
1: see a lot of like once you know the plot like once you understand it i think that was the biggest hurdle
2: for me is just figuring out yeah what like literally what is going on no i totally once, agree i think yeah. the this second movie made the first one better to its credit so that's mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. that that's a cool it informs response. the emotion of it a lot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. juzo what are your closing thoughts on the on these two films i know it's a trilogy but nobody talks about the third one is that right well, the reputation of the third one is that it's terrible, and there's a famous
1: aspect of it that Coppola cast his daughter in a very key role, and everyone said she's really terrible. Now, when I saw it, I didn't think she was that bad, but again, I might have just felt some charity, and also I I had heard how bad it was. You know, maybe my expectations were just you know through the floor, but. Um, I didn't think the movie was that bad. I frankly, I don't think it's that much worse than the third, than the second one. I think they're both just kind of pretty good movies. Um, but my closing thoughts about I mean, I think these are movies everyone should see, or should, because I think so many people like them. I think they, there's a good chance you'll like, especially the first one. I think most people end up liking the first one, at least maybe if they see it a second time. But, um, but it is – they are difficult movies to to get into and I can certainly understand uh, some of the reticence about like how, how entertaining they are, how um, – I mean, also just emotionally engaging they are. I mean, I think that's one distinction between this and Breaking Bad, which you were talking about, which is that Breaking Bad, the character is, is obviously more relatable. And by definition, he's an everyman, he's sympathetic, he shows – um regret for his actions in a more overt way. Um, I don't know if that really makes one of them better than the other, though I certainly – I think I like Breaking Bad a lot more than The Godfather, even The First Godfather. Um, and I do think the expansive nature of a TV series – we're talking about Ozark as well mm. – that that can lead to a a, a – more A lot more depth and, and having relationships fleshed out, family relationships fleshed out more in a way that the movies can't. And I don't think it's a, as big a problem in the first movie just because I think what you're seeing, in the, even though there's things that even like Fredo is kind of underdeveloped in that movie, it almost doesn't matter because every moment in that movie that you're watching, at least to me, is so well crafted that you're like, I don't know. It's hard to find fault with something that's this um, brilliantly made. But I think um, that it's um, it's 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 worth if you haven't seen it, you're definitely checking out, especially the first one. But just know that you know you can't don't watch it when you're tired. Don't you know you have to. Pay closer attention than you would I think You know something like Goodfellas you know Is telling you a lot of these things and it's not And I, by the way when you guys are talking About Goodfellas I, I I don't think Goodfellas Is any less deep of a movie or any less uh, Lesser of a film I think in fact It's probably a greater film than The Godfather um, But it's just it's just Two different approaches to The same subject
2: matter Well said well said Cameron I'm I'm stamping for both of them For the curious on this like you got to be bought in you got to be ready to go for it uh i don't know if i was ready to go enough <laughs> and maybe that's what resulted in my reaction the second one i felt more prepped just because of the first film so mm-hmm. um and then that made what, you that made you appreciate the first one more yeah which is kind of interesting yeah no I, it's part of i think that's part of the experience with watching these right yeah um, Cameron, what do you think for everyone, for casuals, curious, cinephiles? Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of,
0: I want to agree with you, Isaac, in that it is, um, it, you do have to be aware, you do have to be pr- prepared to watch this movie. Um, especially this one, I would say is much more for the curious, um, the the first one i i could probably put it at everyone um because it is one of those things where you know i think i think even if it's a movie that you don't like or don't understand or don't get the first time um you know it's just one of those movies you got to see you know <laughs> it, it is it really is just on the list of it's it's a
1: movie that you should see um yeah that's why i was saying for everyone i don't really mean if we're talking about like the rating scale based on what do i think how? Who do I think would like it? I don't. I don't think these are for everyone in, in any regard. Like, I don't think like just whatever. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like someone like like you, Isaac, or, or like I'm not sure if you watch them with Jules. Like, what she would think of this? These. Oh, movies she are.
2: hated the first film. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. hated it. She thought yeah. it was like not only. Be, I think part of it was that it was grounded, so any violence in it was horrific to her. Uh, which uh-huh. I didn't think it it's was true. all that like interesting. I didn't think it was that intense, um, yeah. but to her, I think she was like. The,
0: well, I think the violence in the first one is actually much more shocking and much more um, abrupt. I think it catches your you way way more off guard than this movie. This movie there's there's less violence and there's more like setup to everything. Um, yeah, but but the first movie I think is one where it's like everything that happens is just it's it is. Um, it, it does feel brutal, I think, um, even if you don't see it, you know, it, 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 the, it's not like people are like, you know, getting their heads blown off or something. It's not like even I think Goodfellas probably has more violent sequences,
1: probably. Um, there's, there's more violence in it, but the yeah. tone of The Godfather is so laid back that it, it those parts stand out. More harshly than they do in Scorsese's movie. And, yeah, and in, you, in some ways, it almost like scares you the violence. You're like, you're like,
0: whoa, like there's. So I I can totally sympathize with Jules in that it is it's pretty upsetting. There's there's stuff in the in that first movie where you're like, Phew,
2: geez, you know, you're like that's that's serious. Whereas I mean, you look at the scene with like Fredo's death and the gun. Like you see the gun just barely out of the frame. It's just zooming in. You know what's coming, right? Um Mo- I feel like most of the deaths in this movie are set up with so much time that you know it's coming in part two. Whereas the first one, it's like, I'm buying fruit and bang, 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 bang. You know, like what the heck just happened? Well, like Luca right? Brazzi,
0: he just walks into a bar and, you know, and then <laughs> yeah, 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 his hand and you're like,
2: jeez. That that
0: one scared me when I was uh, when I watched this in high school. I was like, oh my gosh, like that's yeah, his <laughs> that's eyes, serious. Bu- yeah. Bulged, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: the, the, there's also a, a thing that Coppola sort of he never scores the violence too. I think we were talking yeah. about this, Cameron, how how he doesn't. Um, it's it always comments on the violence after the fact, but it always happens very harshly, like not with any kind of you know um, dramatic. It's just very matter of fact,
2: um, and that's makes it very effective. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Cameron, do you want to close out uh, any final? Th- I mean, we we've, we've covered a lot, so
0: we have. I do want to talk about the uh, the shot of the film um, for both of them, probably. Um, for For me, I mean, there's so many in this uh, in this movie that are that are just beautiful. Um, I love the I Juzo was talking about the his gun on fire, um, which is is awesome. Um, I think the sequence. Um, where where Fredo is is talking to the kid, um, you know, as he's fishing and he's talking about that his, you know, his hail marys I think it's just like so so wonderful. Um and um I was trying to think. There was one other
1: um walking in front of the fireworks
0: yes yes when he oh when De Niro is at the end after he shoots uh shoots the guy yeah yeah. he's he's walking he's walking down the street and there's these fireworks that are going after you know behind him it's it's just gorgeous gorgeous set piece um and then in the first one I'm trying to think of the one that sort of that stands out to me um I don't know. Well, you you guys go for your for your Godfather Part Two, um, shot of the film.
2: For me, I really enjoyed the part with Danaro on the roof. He's like put in the upper left quadrant of the screen, and it's following along. The frame is sort of split at the lower part by the roof edge, and it just keeps cutting back to that with him walking. I was like, this is stunning. Like I don't remember anything like this in the first um, Godfather, where there's so much attention to the cinematography. The, yeah, the second movie, I think, has a lot more of those shots framed well. Although I didn't notice that the second movie had this... I don't know if it was like an ISO grain or something because everything was so low light, but it just seemed grainy. I, I've seen older movies that look sharper. I don't know if it was the way it was filmed or... It, it was very weird, but... It could be where you it w-
0: watching it too.
2: I watched um, it on Amazon um, streaming. So I, it was just... Was it in like darker scenes? I feel like I might have seen that. There's too, a little like, bit yeah. of grain.
1: Yeah.
0: But that yeah. but there's a lot more I think there's like more dark sequences in this movie, probably. Um, mm-hmm. like a lot of it happens at night and
2: Well, I noticed it early on, like when I was trying to look at the backgrounds for Tahoe. So in the outdoor sections, it was grainy. I was like, what the heck is happening here? So I wish maybe there was a way I could see it in some sort of restored form because I think that would have looked amazing. But um yeah, that for me it was the rooftop like pan follow. Um, Giso? Uh, well, you said most
1: of mine from the, the second movie. Like I love, yeah, of course, De Niro hiding and the shooting, the guy and his cloth catching fire, the, the fireworks. And then the, the third one that's a classic shot is, um, Young Vito Looking out The Statue of Liberty Is reflected mm. That's just an amazing beautiful. shot and I also really like When they arrive At Ellis Island And there's these Beautiful sort of Tableaus following like, And then tracking Across all the people That's really nice The first movie Is less uh, Showman like And I thought It was really funny Isaac how you were saying it. You felt like you were Watching it through binoculars Because when I was Watching with my dad He was commenting On how much of the movie Is shot with telephoto lenses Which mm. actually would mm. Give the movie yeah. that effect And um, The The first movie, it's not really like a fancy shot in terms of like, oh, beautiful cinematography, but I think in some ways it might be the most impactful one is when there's just a push-in on Pacino when he's sitting um, and he's about to kill Salazar and That's what I was going to say.
0: That's what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it just... He's the guy's talking to him, but he's not really hearing it.
2: It's just he's just pushing in, and,
1: and then the he, subway is getting louder and louder. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The sound in that scene—that's probably the most exciting moment in that in that movie for it's sure. It's an incredible scene. And, yeah. And
0: then um, for me, I love, um, uh, I love the shot of you know they drive up, you see the the Statue of Liberty, and then there's the the sort of like wheat field in front. Um and oh, he's like oh, yeah. I'm going to take a look uh, got to take a leak and just uh, um Oh yeah. A, oh that's great. Uh, just an amazing shot. A similar one um and the guy's hand comes up. Yeah. yeah. Similar one in the second movie where uh, there's it's it's Vito they're stealing the rug and there's um there's the doorway um and and you see the police officer and and he's sort of he's like you know about to, he's ready to shoot um the standing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. That's an that's yeah. an amazing shot. Um, one
1: other one I like in the first movie also is that is when Vito dies in the tomato garden. That's mm, just kind of a beautiful moment it's very, too. It,
0: yeah, that's 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 a just a great scene in general. I mean, it's it's just so so sweet and interesting. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the other ones for the for the first movie. Um, yeah, it's it's not quite like you said. It's not quite as showmanly. Um, although i do s i i do still think it's it is beautiful i mean it is a a beautiful movie um just the lighting everything everything involved there's there's this like you know there's this like glow and everybody has sort of this um you know contour it looks like a um um uh like a like a a renaissance painting it's like it's very um it's very beautiful in that way
2: Um, there's a direct lighting moment that i noticed in the second movie at the very beginning when the senator's talking to michael in his office and he's like half lit his face is super dark but he begins to threaten michael he walks forward and his mm -hmm. like whole face begins to like be lit by the light and it's just um it's like he's his challenge to michael like his power challenge is like coming forth right in that scene yeah and there's a lot of cool moments of lighting especially in the first one with uh anything in the office right oh yeah yeah i know i love all this stuff with brando in the office That's that's great
1: classic gordon willis i know lighting that guy was just he's on another level something else <laughs> yeah well very interesting yeah can i say one more thing about the movie go for it yeah yeah
2: yeah. we're running a little long We're gonna wrap it up
1: and do it yeah i know but it was just i was james gray the director was talking about the godfather and he said something really interesting which is that it's the hardest great movie to make and because there's no gimmicks to this i'm not sure if i've said this to you cameron but like there's no there's not like a uh uh a high concept it's not about like an important subject you know you know something that would have an emotional weight to it there's not even really any soup there's well composed shots but there's there's none of the showmanship you see in scorsese's movies Mm. i sort of wonder if that might be why the movie also is kind of a little hard to get into because all it is is just a great story well told or Pretty well told in the sec- in the case of the second movie. I guess maybe the second movie has a little bit of a high concept of the cross-cutting between the two of them or going back and forth, but um, it is sort of, when you compare it to all the other movies in the top 250, it's not, there's not the, you know, big emotions and, and you know, sentimentality of the Shawshank or the real time kind of like intensity of 12 Angry Men or something like that. And certainly not the um, flashiness of something like Goodfellas or Pulp Fiction or whatever. You know, it's just it is just. I mean, it's it's more akin to a Sidney Lumet movie than a Scorsese movie in many ways, um, and I just like I don't know. I wonder if that's sort of why it can be difficult to get into.
2: I think. Yeah, good thoughts. I mean, I can't refute what you are saying, so. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Just a small closing thing, anyway. Yeah, I I think you know Cameron, we're not doing part three. There, do you have any reasoning for the audience for that, besides the fact that you just don't like it? <laughs> I don't know. I I haven't seen it. You so, should watch it. So Isaac. I, I mean, I, I oh yeah, not, that's
0: right. Cameron is. I have. Idea. I haven't seen it. So the reason we're, why we're not doing part three is it's not considered like a um, like a genuine classic. It's not considered part of the the canon. I. It's not nothing other than that. I not that I have anything against it. I haven't seen it. So um, the. You guys should just
1: watch it. You, I mean, even if you don't do it on as a main episode, you should. I, you should just watch it as the completion of the thing. No,
2: oh, if it cracks four hours, know. I'm out.
1: I can't. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's shorter than both of the other ones, but it's. Um, I don't know. I even think in some ways, because Michael is such a different character in that one, he, and he's a little bit warmer, and he's not. He's more like modern Pacino. I think it might actually have fewer hurdles, especially for you, Isaac, just because it's not, it's not this like icy emotionless psychopath. Um, at least as far as memory serves, I saw this like six years ago, but you should definitely check it out. I'm definitely going to watch it. Uh, you know, refresh my memory, see if I think it holds up.
2: Well, we'll see what we do next. Cameron, do you have it? Did you have a different vision or maybe we'll just, maybe we'll just dive into three. Um, No, I
0: think we're gonna. um, I haven't decided, but I think we're gonna do um, uh, another filmmaker month um, this next month. But um, I gotta pick who we're doing. Um, Juzo had a good idea about uh, a documentary month as well. I think that would be good. But I would like to pull him in on that um, because I uh, I'm not like a a documentary expert in any way. Um, I've I've definitely watched my fair share of documentaries, but it's not you know. Um, it's not my area of expertise. So um, yeah, I think
1: I'm, I want to pick three documentaries. I think are you guys would love and are great. And then one that Isaac will literally never have me on the podcast afterwards. (laughs) And I think that'd be a week for great, great podcast. Oh geez. Oh geez.
2: All right. Well with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Juzo, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Some extra context, Cameron, thank you for being yourself. Um, And uh, we post every Monday. If you enjoy the show, uh, we're going to be doing more movies and feel free to go back and listen to our last episode or other episodes. If you're interested in on some of our takes, Juzo appears on some of those shows as well. Uh, We love you guys. Thanks for supporting the show and everything. And we'll see you next week. cinema spectator is an ecfs productions podcast executive produced by darren o'neill if you want your name read in the credits of the show you can check us out at patreon.com slash ecfs productions to achieve this status thank you Darren, for the support and for the rest of you we appreciate your support as well have a good one